The following audio is from LifePoint Church, located in O'Fallon, Missouri. For more information about LifePoint Church, visit us online at thelifepointconnection.com. Lewis, I'm the Connections Pastor here at LifePoint Church, and I'm so glad to get to come up, share God's Word with you today, and uh, give our lead pastor, Eric Darst, a break uh, from preaching this week. October is one of my favorite times of the year. I mean, the temperature turns to something that's not sweaty and sticky, at least usually. And, uh, you know, you, get, you start to get down on things like apple pie and pumpkin pie. But one of the other reasons why I love October, and I don't know if you guys know this or not, but October is actually Pastor Appreciation Month, all right? So will you give it up for our lead pastor, Eric Darst, this morning? So I want to encourage you, uh, if you haven't already, to uh, give him some extra encouragement throughout the month. So if, you know... Dude's a hugger, all right? So if you want to give him an extra hug, give him an extra hug. You know, if he's, uh, you know, take him to lunch, buy him a gift card, you know, anything like that, you know, just to show him that you appreciate him. That way he still has the encouragement to, to lead the charge, all right? Hey, uh, will you guys open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 3? Galatians chapter 3. And uh, while you guys are turning there, you guys don't mind if I tell you a story, do you? You guys all right with that? I figured you were going to say yes. That's, that's why I asked you all. So, well, uh, the reason why I love Galatians is because Galatians gives hope to the sinner and it gives correction to the self-righteous. But before I get into Galatians, you guys mind if I tell you all a quick story? Sure. All right. It's gross. You guys, are, you guys all right with that? If you guys haven't had, haven't had breakfast yet or you've had, had breakfast and I ruined your appetite, you can, you can thank me later, okay? You can thank me later. Well, uh, just, uh, it was probably like two weeks ago, I was on my way to the gym and it was 6 a.m. It was dark outside and uh, I was in my truck on 364 right out here and I was driving down the road and then suddenly I see a deer laying down on the side of the road. You know if a deer's laying down on the side of the road, it's asleep for good, okay? He took a nap, all right? And in front of that was, was a car that was all beat up, so a car hit him, and he was laying right there on the road. And I was like, oh, man, and he had antlers. So considering that it was a buck, you know that, uh, you know, it hasn't been there for very long or somebody would have picked him up. So I was thinking, you know, you guys can judge me all you want, all right? But I was thinking, hey, that's 85 pounds of lean protein in the freezer right there, baby, all right? So I'm swinging back around, and even if the meat's bad, having a set of antlers is always cool, all right? So I swung my truck back around, you know, came back down, got that deer, grabbed him by his antlers and wrestled him up and put him on the back of the, t- the tailgate right there, went to the gym and worked out, came home, and I came home and went and got, got Liam. He was all ready to go for school that morning, and uh, I was like, all right, all right we're going to cut the head off this thing, all right? He's, he's, he was really excited about it, right? I mean, it was going to be pretty sweet. I said, we're going to cut the head off this thing. So he wanted to watch the whole thing. I mean, anytime you're cutting the head off of anything, it's going to be awesome, Okay. <laughs> So, you know, so I get a wheelbarrow, and I put it underneath the tailgate, and I take the deer, and I hang his head off the tailgate over the wheelbarrow. Okay, that way when I'm slicing his neck, any blood or anything gooey comes out, I'm not landing on my driveway, it's landing in the wheelbarrow. You, got, you guys following me? So I'm standing here. Here's the tailgate. Here's the deer. Liam's standing right here watching it. Oh, this is so cool. So first, you know, I take my knife, and I slice him around the neck, you know, and uh, it was, uh, you know, Peel it back, and Liam's looking at it. That was pretty cool. And next, we're going to slice through the meat and the tendons, right? And slice through that. Oh, man, that's so cool. 
And the next, the only thing holding this deer's head on at this point is the esophagus. And once you, once you cut through that, you can just spin that head around and pop it off. It, it comes off pretty easy. So, <laughs> so uh, and the, you know, the whole idea of this is to make, you know, have uh, some antlers and a skull and put it in the home office. And, you know, anytime antlers and a skull, it looks sweet, man. It looks cool. So there it was. You know, it's like, all right, Liam, we're going to pop this sucker's head off. So I take my knife. I slice that esophagus open, and as soon as I do, this yellow stuff comes gushing out, and I jump out of the way, and it misses the wheelbarrow. The poor, poor Lee, right here. He received all of that deer's blessings, covered him. Whatever that deer had for breakfast that morning at 3 or 4 a.m., Liam had chunks of corn in his hair and his shirt. It was... Let me tell you something, that stuff stunk. It was nasty. It was gross. I'll tell you that story. One, two, I wanted to get you to laugh a little bit. But two, I wanted to remind you that your sin before God is, man, it stinks. But I also want to remind you that your self-righteousness before God is worse if you have that. Self-righteousness before God, it's, it's, like, it's like when you already have gone outside and mowed the whole lawn, and then try to put on deodorant. And you're just trying to cover up something that already stinks. It's like using that, that nasty old bathroom spray, and you just made, now it smells like, it smells like kind of like lilacs and whatever else you just left in there. It's not cool, all right? It's nasty. But self-righteousness, what self-righteousness is, is when we have manipulated the rules and the laws to fit what we want. We have these things there. It's my holy needs, my holy desires, my holy wants. And we can take every rule in the book and manipulate it and justify it until we say, well, I don't know, Jesus, who is my neighbor? Is this stealing? Is this lying? Probably not, but maybe. And so therefore, we've manipulated the rules to fit our frame so that way we can easily meet these things right here. And then these things right here give root to something called pride, which then allows me to compare my life to your life and say, well, what's your holdup? What's your problem? Why aren't you meeting my holy needs, my holy desires, and my holy wants? Self-righteousness is a, is a nasty thing. And in Galatians, we can read all about it. Look with me in chapter 3, verse 10. It says this. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For all who rely on works of the law to do what? To make me right before God. If you rely on works of the law to be made right before God, the Bible says you're actually under a curse. The Bible says that if you rely on the works of the law to make you right before God, that you're actually cut off from God. You could, you could imagine that the people that were reading this originally, when Paul had written those things, were probably a little offended because they've worked so hard to make it right, to make things happen for them. I mean, I, admit, I, I went to church every Sunday. Surely, God, that counts for something. I never miss Sunday school. Look, I even got a badge for it once. Doesn't it count for anything? For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. Sometimes we want God to be well pleased with us because we can go a week without 
with us than a cuss word, or we think God is well pleased with us because we can go a week without drinking too much wine. We can go, uh, we think God is well pleased with us because we can go a week or so without looking at a naked person on our phone. But when Jesus says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased, he's actually talking about Jesus. And for God to be well pleased with you, there's nothing that you can do. There's no way you can pull yourself up by your shoestrings, buck yourself up. The only way for God to be well pleased with you is through his own son. Let's keep reading. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. That's, that's the hard part right there. Is I might be able to nail one today and I might be able to nail one tomorrow. But when I, when I look at all of my righteousness and I compare it to what Jesus is, it still stinks. Even when there are good things that I can do here on this earth right now that make our world a better place, even when I do those things compared to Jesus' goodness, it still stinks. You know, Romans chapter 10, verse 3 and 4 says this. It says, For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own righteousness, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. You know, Christians, we have, we have a lot of things that, that we like to follow, a lot of things, a lot of phrases we get behind that. Seem right, seem good. You know, we, I mean, there's a lot of them that, that we like. There's, there's rules that the church makes up that we're like, these rules are so awesome and so make-believe. We think everybody should follow them. So we, like, we, we put them out there. One of, one of these things that we love is God helps those who help themselves. Some people are like, is that in the Bible? It sounds like it's in the Bible. Cleanliness is next to godliness. So if you can't get godliness, you can at least have cleanliness because it's next to godliness. We have rules that... Only, we have rules for modesty that only apply to women somehow. No strapless dresses, no tank tops, no spaghetti straps, no short shorts. And if you're a plumber and you're a man, you can do whatever you want because that's not immodest. But if you're a woman, you've got to look homely as a mug, and it's a requirement, all right? So that's only for women. Guys can do whatever you want. There's, a, there's no wine. Jesus made wine and drank wine, but apparently we can only have holy water Welch's grape juice. You have to vote Republican every time. And you guys know, uh, what is that? I used to listen to Air One all the time. Air One, you guys know what Air One is? No? Okay, it's like Joy FM, but if, like, if you're cool, you listen to Air One. Here in St. Louis, we have something called Boost 101, right? Dude, let me tell you guys, I will get down on some Boost 101.9. I'll get down. Dude, I love Joy FM. I love it. And you know what, 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 what ends up happening to Joy FM is we're like, you know what, we're going we're gonna to program Joy FM to number one on the station because if somebody rides with me and I switch the radio, I want them to see that Joy FM, oh, sorry, is number one. I, I didn't, sorry about that. I didn't mean to smack the microphone. We want people to know that Joy FM is like numero uno, all right? Multilingual service today, guys. Just tell your friends, Spanish friends, come on in. We've got multilingual service, all right? And then this is my favorite made-up rule that Christians have. This is my favorite one of all time right here. Are you guys ready? Here it is. If you love Jesus, share and type amen. But if you love the devil, keep scrolling. All right? Gosh, man. Puts my faith in question every single time, you know? 
You know, we've turned the scriptures into a holy checklist so that we can have a standard to measure ourselves against. And we take the Ten Commandments and we say, do I lie? I mean, not really. I mean, there was a time on my taxes last year, but was it really a lie? I mean, I don't, maybe? I think I'm good. Check. Do I steal? No, I don't steal, but I do take stuff. I do buy stuff at Walmart and then use it and then take it back. That's not really stealing, but it kind of is, but I think I'm good. So I checked that one off the list. I nailed that one. And then this all leads to some, you know, some, some things that happen sometimes. And you're like, well, if I'm going to fail, I'm going to make it good. So I'm going to go on a week-long sin binge, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fail hard if I'm going to. And then at the end of that week, you look at yourself in the mirror, and you're like, am I really a believer? Am I really a Christ follower? Because someone that's a Christ follower doesn't do these kind of things. And then, so then we go to Romans chapter 10, and we say, well, have I confessed with my mouth? Check. Have I believed in my heart? I think so. Check. The scriptures are not a checklist for you to follow. The scriptures are actually all about Jesus and point your whole way to Christ. They point your whole way to Jesus. You guys want to know something that I can nail every time, get it right every time? Man, I can sin and do it well every day. That's the one, my number one thing that I'm just so skilled at. But thankfully, I have something called good news this morning. And that's called Jesus. Jesus in my place. It's the gospel. And if you've believed in that, then your righteousness is actually by faith. And I have a, I have a friend that's, that's Catholic. And I love I love my Catholic folks because they do a lot of good things in our world, and I think they are making a difference in some ways. I was talking to one of my friends, and she said, I said, so what happens if you don't go to confession? And she said, well, you have to go to confession, or how else would you go to heaven? And I said, well, Jesus, he made a way. And she said, that's my backup plan. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) We were just kind of joking back and forth, but you know what I mean? Listen, there's nothing that you can do to make yourself right with God. There's no Holy Eucharist that you can take. There's no communion. There's no Lord's Supper. Baptism doesn't actually wash away original sin. It doesn't wash away post-original sin. There's nothing that you can do to be made right with God except for faith in Jesus. Because what happens is, what happens is, when I put my faith and my hope and trust in Jesus, Jesus gives me a great exchange, and he takes that sin from me, and in a trade, gives me his own righteousness, gives me his own good things, all the good things that he is, all the good things that he's done, I now own in a trade. That's good news. And Jesus says, listen, if you've lived like this, and you're a and you say, man, I've tried to nail every rule in the book and I keep failing and keep failing and keep failing. Jesus says, you, that person, I want you to come to me. I want that person to come to me and I'm going to give them rest. And I'm going to put on you a yoke called grace. And you're going to see that that is easy and it is light. And when that happens, when you receive grace and you receive the gospel, And you realize, Jesus, in my place, 
Suddenly it causes you to worship. And you're not just bucking yourself up and, and pulling yourself up by your own bootstrings to, to not lie, but suddenly your heart is only for Jesus and it causes you to worship. And you say, you say, God, I don't want to lie anymore. I don't want to steal. I don't even want it to be close. My eyes are in my heart. is only for my wife. And you start doing things because you love Jesus. And it's like it just pours out of you instead of you having to man up every single day. Or woman up if you're a woman. I mean, you know, we are, you know, we're not putting, we're not, you know, not just saying just for men in here, just saying for women too. So what happens is when you come to this point and you see verse 13, it says, so they too, my Bible changed pages, I didn't even know it. I just started reading where it was supposed to be. Verse 13, it says this, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So Jesus, in your place, took all the sins of men and women and he put them on himself like they were his own and he died for them and he drank God's wrath in your place and instead you get God's righteousness. Amen. That's good news. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. You want to know what happens when a person comes to faith in Christ? A lot of times we're, we're praying for the wrong things. We're praying, God, I pray that this person will do something to receive you. I pray that they will get saved. Well, there's this thing that happens before somebody gets saved, and it's called regeneration. And it's that thing that happens inside of you, and it can happen a moment before you trust Christ, or it can happen a year before you trust Christ, and it's called regeneration. It's that thing that's inside of you that suddenly says, Maybe I want Jesus. Maybe for some reason I'm just going to go to church this morning. I don't know why I'm going to go, but maybe today I'm going to go. It's that thing that all of a sudden the light switch comes on in your soul and makes you want Christ. That is regeneration. And we have a God that melts cold hearts, breaks hard hearts, and that's what we want to pray for right there. So when you're thinking of, of, your, of your cousins, and your friends that don't know Jesus, you want to start praying for that heart of theirs, for that hard heart, for that lost heart. Because when God starts drawing that, they can't, they can't turn back, and they can't hold back. There's this thing called regeneration. And then after that, this thing is called salvation. And so right here in Galatians, when we read so that Christ so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. You know, here in St. Louis, you know, we feel like when we hear that word blessing, blessing, right? It's like when I, you know, it's like we have this picture that is like, that's the time that the dollar bills are going to fall, right? And I'm like, Lord, as soon as you're ready, make those dollar bills fall. I need about one million, all right? You can just make them land right here. I'll just put them in a little stack, you know, be awesome. All right, but that's... But the word blessing, that's not actually what that is. When we think of the blessing of Abraham, we think, well, maybe like a long life. Maybe God will make me into a great nation. You know, like which blessing exactly are we talking about? We're talking about like a package deal. So if I become a Christ follower, I get like the package deal. I get made into something great. You know, I have a great wife, have like a bunch of kids, 
all these things, but that's not what that means, actually. But when you become a child of God and you receive the blessing of Abraham, it is like you've become one of his own kids, like one of Abraham's own children. And if you're, a ch- if you're an adopted son of Abraham, then you are a joint heir with Christ. That means that you are a son of God. Right. It means that you are a daughter of God at that point. What that means is this. There's this awesome Bible verse in Peter, and it says this. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. If I'm considered a son of Abraham, then I am a joint heir with Christ. Because Jesus, in a great exchange, gave me everything good that he had. All of his righteousness. Let's keep reading. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. It's just a few verses before this. It says, it asks a question. It says, did you receive the Holy Spirit through works of the law? Or did you receive the Holy Spirit through faith? It's not the works of the law that seal us for the day of redemption. It is not telling, not telling lies, not saying cuss words. It's not tipping better at restaurants that's going to seal, seal you for the day of redemption, but it's the Holy Spirit that you've received by faith. And when you receive that, you are sealed for the day of redemption. The band's going to come on back up. And I'm going to, I just want to share with you guys one more story. There's this, there's this guy in the Bible that comes to Jesus. And everybody in the Bible, in each culture, there's a group of people that are cast out. You know, and if the religious people cast out certain types of people, society casts out certain types of people. So when Jesus was walking the earth, one of these groups of people that were cast out were, were sick people. There's this leper that came to Jesus one time. And I don't, you know, the Bible doesn't elaborate on what his whole story is, but if I could imagine that this dude was a regular guy like me and you, then what I would assume is that every day he went to a job and he worked that job. And then he came home, he played with his kids, he ate dinner, he put his kids in bed, he spent some time with his wife, and he went to bed and he hoped that he got to do it again the next day. So that's what he did every day. Until one day he came home and he had this spot on his hand. And once that spot started spreading and he realized that it was leprosy, which was at this time a death sentence, immediately he had to say goodbye to his kids, had to say goodbye to his wife, and would have been cast out of a city living only with other lepers, other people that were already infected, other people just like him. If they got too close to others, they'd have to ring this bell and yell, unclean, unclean, if it wasn't already, humili- if it wasn't already embarrassing enough. Because if regular people got too close to their stank, to their dirtiness, then they could be infected as well. 
you breathe on them, if you touch them, get too close, you can infect somebody else. So their life literally depended on them not getting too close. So if you're a regular person in the city, you cast those people out. So you can imagine this guy that was now a leper with the heartbreak that he was feeling considering his life was now over. Can't work, can't see his kids, can't see his family. He's only a leper for the rest of his days. And as that leprosy began to spread, his fingers would be disfigured, his posture would be disfigured, he would have open sores all over his body, and the only thing he could do is try to wrap them up and at night take those dirty, nasty bandages off and put them in a pile with the rest of his leper friends and try to go to sleep, only hearing the screams of those that were lonely and those that were already broken by leprosy. Until one day, Jesus showed up in his town. And when Jesus showed up, suddenly he built the courage to run to Jesus And Jesus would have had a following around him, and those regular people would have jumped back. They would have covered their mouth, and they would have wondered, like, hey, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you announce that you had leprosy? Why didn't you announce unclean, unclean? And the guy comes and kneels before Jesus. He says, Jesus, if you can, you can make me clean. All the people would have been confused, and they would have been wanting Jesus to get away from this guy as well. And Jesus looks him right in the eye, touches him on all those nasty open sores, and he says, I will be clean. It's like like our own sin. Like Jesus took all of his cleanness and gave it to this leper. In our own filth, in our own nastiness, Jesus shows up. He comes and he gives us something called righteousness. He comes and he gives us a great exchange, something that we can't can't earn, we can't get it, we can't lose it. But it was a free gift that Jesus gives you. In the next few minutes, we're going to have a response time. You can use that time to worship God. You can use that time to pray. You can use that time to just connect with the Lord. Also, on the sides of the room, we have people that you can pray with uh, if you want to go pray with somebody else. Love you guys.